In the beginning was the world. See, you think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and mollycoddles, huh? It's just you think Jesus was some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. And it's wonderful to be talking to Jim Wallace uh, from the Australian Christian Lobby. Now, I interviewed Jim at Easterfest a couple of years ago, and uh, he shared his incredible testimony of uh, working in the SAS and uh, uh, going from that incredibly dangerous job to an even more dangerous job, uh, lobbying politicians in the, in the halls of parliament. Uh, so, Jim, uh, just uh, to refresh our memories, tell us a little bit about your background in the SAS. What was your role? Well, I uh, was in the SAS for about eight and a half years and uh, ended up commanding it, which was, of course, a great privilege. You know? And uh, I was fortunate to go on from that and command the uh, whole of the special forces. And uh, also the, mechani- uh, the Army's Mechanised Brigade, you know, which is all the Army's tanks and all that sort of stuff. Real boys' own stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So that was obviously brilliant training for what you're doing now. Uh, for those who don't know what the Australian Christian Lobby is, uh, tell us uh, what it's all about. Well, yeah, people will be familiar with having parties and politics, but uh, what the lobby is about is trying to actually influence both sides of politics. So we're trying to uh, influence government, regardless of what flavour it is, uh, to have an adopt more Christian policies. Okay, so what does that involve? Do you go and beat down Kevin Rudd and Toby Abbott's doors and say, right, this is what's happening, uh, you know, with this issue of marriage? I want this, this is what, you know, is it that um, face-to-face? Well, it is face-to-face, uh, not so much with the two leaders, but we do we do get to speak occasionally, you know, to the two leaders, and uh, we will, of course, talk about uh, an opportunity for that later. But uh, mainly it's about um, uh, taking uh, the church and trying to facilitate the church and leaders of the church going into politics uh, to give their view. You know, so for instance, in the Charter of Rights uh, debate, which was held recently, uh, one that was very important to the church uh, because we'd seen in Victoria where having a Charter of Rights had actually been used by those who wanted to target the church. You know, to try to remove their exemptions to anti-discrimination legislation, so that uh, the churches couldn't have, for instance, hired Christians you know, into Christian schools and this sort of thing. So uh, we took church leaders in to see the. Uh, Attorney General and also the uh, Shadow Attorney General and we're able to turn that around. Okay, well let's just have a little chat uh, about um, this big event coming up. I remember at my church in Brisbane a few years ago we uh, we had the, the first Make It Count webcast and we had John Howard and Kevin Rudd live on the big screen and it was just fascinating uh, to hear these guys answer all, all these tough questions about what they believe. There's another one coming up. Tell us about uh, the date and uh, the location, how it's all working. Yeah, it will be much the same as you saw last time, except we'll have Carl Faze uh, helping to um, uh, to run a commentary on it, uh, along with two of our people. Uh, it'll be on the night of the 21st of June. Uh, it'll be uh, starting at uh, just after 7, and uh, we hope that all churches in Australia will register for it, will get their people along to see it, because if we're going to actually influence politics, politics understands numbers, and we've got to make sure that we show that we're a large constituency, and this is the big opportunity to do it. Now, what do you think the big issues will be on the night? What are, what are the hot topics that uh, they're going to be cornered with? <laughs> Well, uh, you know, there's no doubt uh, that in uh, some ways uh, uh, same-sex marriage is, again, a big issue. Uh, I say that because uh, Millennium Development Goals have pretty much been agreed by both sides. Um, Homelessness, uh, I think, while it continues to be a problem, uh, is being slowly, slowly addressed. Um, And we don't, uh, I think, doubt the uh, commitment of both sides to that. 
Um, I think that internet service provider filtering, which has been a commitment by this government for the term that it's been there but isn't yet delivered, will be something that people will be asked questions on. Uh, the recent issue of, of uh, paid parental leave uh, has left out stay-at-home mothers. And, of course, as Christians, we believe that uh, stay-at-home mothers uh, should be treated more equitably and uh, should be you know, shown some sort of appreciation in a monetary sense for the work that they do in raising their children. So, you know, that's just a few. There's a, a, a really a, a, a wide swathe of issues. Um, we could select and, and have selected 30 to actually go in questions to the parties. Um, and obviously we'll have to narrow that down because there won't be time for 30 questions to both leaders. <laughs> now, one, one question that uh, I'm curious about, and I actually just bumped into Tim Costello from World Vision here in the halls of Parliament House. It was wonderful. I interviewed him a couple of years ago and he didn't remember me, but still it was good to, uh, good to chat to him again. Uh, you know, he's a busy boy. Uh, what about uh, foreign, uh, foreign aid? Uh, there was a promise that that would be increased. Do you think that'll be tackled on the night? Well, as I said, Millennium Development Goals, which of course is uh, the foreign aid, uh, both, both sides have committed to that at the moment. Uh, the government has certainly in the last, uh, uh, last budget has uh, met its commitments to that. Uh, so I think that we are on track for that. It'll, of course, always be something that needs to be monitored uh, because uh, as we, um, you know, we came through the global financial crisis and that obviously put pressure on those sort of commitments. But uh, thankfully, the government has come through and, uh, and also the coalition seems committed to it as well. Now, one thing that um, I think Australia... Uh, has uh, has something that we need to consider is how Christians in politics in America ha- have handled things. Everyone knows that the religious right in America is uh, is is very prominent. You've adopted to take an approach where you're not leaning to the left or to the right, depending on the issue. What lessons can we learn from how the religious right in America have been boxed in? That's right, all bad ones. Uh, I was over there uh, in March last year, and uh, that was just after Obama had come to power, and uh, people who were in similar organisations to ours had their jaws on the ground because they said they had no access into the parliament, you know, and they had no access into Obama's administration. And, of course, that's not a surprise for me because uh, if you line up totally with one side of parliament, then uh, they'll only give you half of what you want because they know you're not going to vote for the other side. And then the other side gets in, they'll trash everything you just got because they know you're never going to vote for them. You know? So tactically, it's silly. But more importantly for us as Christians is, uh, I think, theologically, it's, it's silly because uh, there's no doubt, you know, God is interested in government, you know? <laughs> not the Liberal Party or the Labor Party. Uh, God is not a card-carrying member of either Labor or Liberal, and uh, we as Christians have to bring that influence uh, equally into both sides. And also, we've got to make sure uh, that we bring it in equally in terms of justice and righteousness. You know? um, I think there is a, a tendency in the church, in parts of the church, uh, to only consider uh, justice, social justice, and uh, not to stand up for righteousness, because uh, no one's going to beat you around the head if you're doing that. On the other hand, though, uh, there are parts of the church too, who are are too uh, strong on righteousness to the point where it actually becomes uh, condemnation. You know, uh, it's very little compassion in it. And we've got to make sure that we balance justice and righteousness if we're going to represent Christ in the public square. Now, as a, uh, you know, I'm a local church pastor and uh, I've just started getting a passion for for politics, not in either party, but for uh, Christians to stand up for what they believe and to be a voice in this nation. What would your advice be to churches? Obviously, churches can play the make it count 
webcast and that, that'll be a great way to inform their members and I think it's a great outreach opportunity to invite your mates along yeah. to your church too. Um, how else can churches uh, uh, learn uh, more about politics? How can they be more of a voice? Well, uh, first of all, you've got to be informed at election time and uh, the AustraliaVotes.org website really helps people to uh, put in an informed, responsible vote and uh, I think as Christians we have to put in an, a responsible vote, you know. So being informed at election times, whether state or federal, is really important. I think individual churches too uh, should reach out to their local members, you know. It's no good running to your local member when you want something. Uh, you know, the ability to actually influence someone is all based on relationship. And uh, as uh, churches and as Christians, we should have a, uh, a, a very upfront, uh, transparent relationship uh, with our local member. We should let them know that we support them, that we pray for them. And you'll be surprised how many of them will really uh, very much appreciate that. I remember you spoke at the Lord Mayor's Prayer Breakfast in Brisbane and you mentioned about a Queensland MP that was voting uh, on the surrogacy bill and uh, he made a comment about he, he turned around and didn't see anyone behind him. What was that story? Yeah. Well, that's right. Uh, you know, we tend to treat our politicians as, uh, you know, from my military experience, I'd say a fire and forget missile. You know, we shoot them off and then we forget them. But the reality is that, uh, you know, these people are involved in a very uh, seductive life uh, where power has uh, a lot of seduction in it, uh, whereas we see from time to time, you know, they're seduced by uh, by money or by, uh, you know, the environment that they, they work in. And uh, we should be in there supporting them. It's a tough environment today. They get very little uh, time at home. And uh, we should be supporting them too when they have to make tough decisions. Uh, the example that you've just spoke about there uh, was a man who, and a woman, uh, Margaret Keach uh, uh, being the woman and uh, Michael Chow being the, uh, the man, uh, who, who actually crossed the floor against their party's wishes uh, on a matter of principle because they were Christians, you know. Now, that, that takes a lot of courage and they need a lot of support to do that. And uh, the church needs to support them and be there for them because uh, they're actually standing up for Christ. That's brilliant. You know, I, I just um, have really been convicted to contact my local council member, the state member, the federal member, and just not sit there and say, this is what I want, this is what I reckon, but just, can we help you? What, what are the needs in our community? Uh, because the church actually needs to be a, a force helping the community, not just always there pointing the finger saying, that you know, this is what we're against, but this is actually what we're for, this is how we want to help. Um, now, one thing that I've heard the Christian lobbies had some victory in is uh, about the legalisation of brothels in WA and Tasmania. Is that right? have, you, have you guys had some wins there? Well, we have over, over time. Uh, down in Tasmania, we did manage to stop the legalisation of brothels uh, by actually getting two um, uh, ex-sex workers and we took them down to the, uh, uh, to the upper house and we, and we got them to address the upper house. You know, and obviously, we needed to have the relationships to be able to achieve that and, and it was done in a very short time. But once the uh, upper house, and particularly the women in the upper house, heard of what the uh, life in the sex industry was actually like, uh, they were not about to legalise brothels. Now in West Australia, we've got a commitment by the uh, uh, government over there, uh, as it came into power, that it would uh, investigate the Swedish model. Now what the Swedish model does, and it's getting growing support for this around the states and around the world, uh, what the Swedish model does is it actually penalises uh, or charges you know, those people who are the purchasers of sex, not the women who, let's face it, are really really are the uh, victims of this, you know. So uh, so it's a very effective, been highly effective in in Sweden in reducing the amount of 
prostitution and therefore you reduce the amount of um, trafficking of, of young girls. Uh, it, it has a very beneficial uh, a very beneficial effect on society. Now, the West Australian government and uh, also the Tasmanian government, where we've got a similar commitment, um, have been a bit slow in actually following this up and we're, we're following that up to try to make sure that they get a bit more active on it. But nonetheless, it started the process. Yeah, well, it's so good to see that you guys are making history. You're making a difference uh, in these governments and speaking out uh, with, with Christian values. Now, um, we, we've got to wrap, wrap it up in a minute, Jim, but I never want to finish an interview without asking the most important question. Uh, you know, there might be people listening that are thinking, you know, I have Christian values, I have a belief in God, but I don't have a relationship with God. Um, I, I'm, not a, you know, I'm not really a, a practicing Christian. Would you speak to those listeners about how they would become a Christian? Mm. Well, certainly, uh, you know, what brought me to Christ was the, uh, uh, the witness by someone else who said to me, well, okay, you don't reckon you don't need Christ, but if Christ really did come down from heaven and gave up all that, died this incredible death on the, on the cross, uh, in order to give you this gift of salvation, and you're now knocking back this gift of salvation, they said, don't you think Christ would be weeping over your rejection of this great prize? Now, I couldn't throw that out of my mind. I doubt if many people could, and I'd ask people just to contemplate that. All right. Now, if people want to find out more about um, uh, Australian Christian Lobby, uh, what's the best website for them to go to? Well, the best one is ours, which is, uh, is acl.org.au, if you just Google Australian Christian Lobby. But also, if you want to get active on uh, campaigns, then uh, the website makeastand.org.au, Google Make a Stand, you'll find it. Uh, and there you'll find a number of um, campaigns uh, which you can uh, get active in. And it's very, very easy to get active on them, to uh, get a, an email off to your, uh, your local member, to put an email into the letters to the editor. Very, very easy. Well, mate, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. <laughs> if you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. There you can also find links to Facebook and Twitter. And also you can make a donation if you'd like. All emails will be greatly appreciated. Thanks for joining us. And remember, what's the point of getting out of bed if you can't make history? I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.